when the Lord gave you this concept to just kind of start talking through it, it was really hard for me to grasp because I felt so selfish. Why am I going to take care of myself? And I couldn't understand it until I really started reading about how Jesus modeled it for us. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, He just assumed we would. And so loving ourselves is uh, the first thing to fully be able to understand how to give love away. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. This is a special Married People edition. This is our second in the series of three. Last week, we talked about laugh and laughter and play in your marriage. And this week, we're talking about we move from laugh to live. Live is about what you do for yourself, how healthy you can be, how you can pursue health so that you end up being able to connect with your spouse and the people around you in the best way possible. My name is Sean Stover. I'm a pastor at Cypress Creek Church, teaching pastor, and I am joined today by my wife, Christina. Hello, thanks for having me. Well, I didn't have a choice, babe. I'm yeah, married to you, and true. you saw that I was We're leaving the house, and she came with me. <laughs> and we do also have uh, our son-in-law and daughter. So we have Austin and Taylor Halsey with us as well, representing the next generation of married folk. <laughs> We're back. They invited us. Yeah. We made it back. You That's did so a good. good. Thing. <laughs> you did so good. It's so fun having y'all here. So you heard this message uh, on Sunday as we taught about you know, this health in your relationship and the three aspects of that. What what stood out to you? Just general impressions. Yeah, I think as as we're talking about marriage and um, talking about having fun last week, this week talking about what it looks like to be healthy, uh, man, it's just important to know that as as a Christian, as we're pouring ourselves out and we're and we're sacrificing and we're giving of ourselves, we have to be able to pour out of a cup that's yeah. full. And so uh, I just really appreciated that overall um attack it at what we were talking about. And then some of the questions, just talking about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I love to to be able to understand where I'm at and what I am unhealthy in so that I know where I need to be growing. So uh, if you weren't there, Sean and Christina had some incredible questions that they worked us through and, and kind of allowed us some time to think about. And uh, I really appreciated those questions so that I could be more self-aware of where I am unhealthy and needing to grow. That's good. Yeah, we'll dig into a few of those questions even and, and talk about them. Thanks for setting Look that up. Look at you setting us up. Well, I think it was a shifting from laughter, and I know you know we were like, we get the practical stuff, but I do think it's important to dive into questions that are hard. I mean, when you ask a question of, you know, what do you see? What do people see across the table from you, or what do they hear, or how well are you taking care of yourself? Those are deep questions that you have to have some really hard conversations with yourself and to be self-aware. Some of our people in our world are not very self-aware. And I think you and I as a couple really try to do that. Um, We don't do it always well, but we try to ask those questions. Yeah, it's easy to go through life with so much to do and so many uh, items to get accomplished in a day to not ask a lot of questions and just try to accomplish. But the pausing to ask the questions, and if you look at Jesus and his ministry, he frequently would lead with a question Mm -hmm. when he was encountering somebody, Mm -hmm. uh, I think just to slow them down and get them to do some thinking. So 
Perfect. Let's dive right in. There were kind of three areas that we addressed in terms of this being healthy. And the first was, uh, you have both mentioned Mm self-awareness, which is the ability to kind of look at yourself and focus on yourself for a second. And uh, in that, in focusing on yourself, try to understand what is it you're wanting the world to see and is that what's actually coming out of you and then checking in with the people around you to find out. So lots of aspects of of self-awareness, but it's critical if we want to have growth, we first got to stop and and evaluate where we are. So yeah, what stood out to you, Taylor? Anything in that that specific area? Specifically in self-awareness? Yeah, I think... The biggest, I think, well, in you guys' talk, one of the very first questions you asked was, what is it like to be on the other side of of me? What's it like to be for Austin's interpretation of me mm-hmm. or if I'm observing myself on the outside, basically? Mm-hmm. And I think that that was kind of a huge thing for me to think about because I honestly don't think about myself in the best light. And so to take a step back and really kind of take a sober look of, mm-hmm. wow, I don't exactly view myself very positively. And mm-hmm. that not only negatively affects me, but then it's also going to negatively affect our marriage too right. um, in the way that I participate in our relationship. Yeah, I told Taylor if, that if she maybe viewed herself more like I saw her, she'd probably think pretty highly of herself. Exactly, so. or her parents, or her, the world, yeah. yeah. We yeah, do that's a good. thing uh, in our in our family that we've done for for a while called um, kind of speaking life, putting people mm-hmm. on the hot seat. Which I know lots of people that are listening maybe do that, but at birthdays or special occasions, we put somebody on the hot seat, and really that's a time for us to tell that person how we feel about them and how we see them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a chance for us to kind of speak the positives in, into the folks that we're getting to celebrate in that moment that are on the hot seat. And it's a little uncomfortable to receive all of that positivity, but it's really good to think about what's it look like to be on the other side of me. And a lot of times there are a lot of positive things that you're doing maybe that you're not thinking about. Right. And the flip side is also true. I mean, if we're honest, there there are times, I know me personally, where uh, being on the other side of me is not that great. I mean, I may have a higher opinion of myself than I should because the reality is uh, when I'm interacting with somebody else, I may be saying or doing things that are that are hurtful. Just last night, we had some friends over, and uh, and they left. And evidently, I ended it very poorly. I didn't realize that I was, but uh, it was getting late, and I had I had left the room, and I came back in, as opposed to just immediately sitting back down. I, I stayed standing up, which they evidently interpreted as a cue that it was time for them to go. And. Yes. Uh, Thankfully, my wife is good at telling me what it's like to be on the other side of me. And uh, she was like, hey, what were you doing? Stand up. I was like, oh, I was just waiting to go sit down. She said, well, they thought you wanted them to go. And it's like, wow, it's just, we're, self-awareness is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And I messed that up quite a bit. Well, for me, self-awareness has become, I used to be a reactor. And you've helped me to see that in sitting across from me, reaction is I have a response Ability, right? That word that Jose's talked about being you have a response and then there's an ability in that. And so for me to respond, but to slow down and listen and hear somebody's heart because people just want to be seen and known and heard. And so for me, self awareness has become sitting across from me isn't always fun. And so I need to sit back and go, how can I respond instead of reacting? Yeah, yeah that's good. I like also 
that in the self-awareness and learning how to, how to respond and, and be better in how we interact and come across with it. The last little element of self-awareness that we were talking about was this uh, realization that we need to flee certain things in our life and we need to pursue mm-hmm. other things. I don't know if that resonated with you guys. It certainly spoke to me, Paul's uh, admonition to, to Timothy to do that. How about for you guys in your own self-health? Are there things that you need to say no to or let go of and other things that maybe you should pursue more? Yeah, I've definitely noticed at times in my life when I'm not willing to say no because if, I'm a problem solver in nature. So if I see a problem at hand, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very quick to want to jump in and, and bring a solution. And so if somebody brings something to my attention, I'm not quick to say no. And no is hard for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people. Uh, so being willing to say no and have healthy boundaries mm-hmm. is is good. And, and the flip side of that is being able to pursue rest and a healthy form of rest. Not I was talking to Taylor in our group last night. It's not just binging, you know, and just doing mindless activities, but resting can look like time in the Word and uh, time with family, things that are important that allow me to, to be refueled. That's good. What fuels your body or what fuels body, mind, soul, all of it in those areas can sometimes be rest and life-giving as well, yeah. Yeah, I think that this idea of fleeing and pursuing is just, it's it's a different spin on self-care, but it's something mm-hmm. that we do need to think about because there are a lot of things that we need to flee because they're major drainers of our energy. Now, there doesn't mean we don't do things that suck a little bit from us or take from us because that's part of the ministering to others and caring for people. Um, but if we keep finding ourselves in a position where we're getting drained over and over, you know, that may be something we need to set that boundary around or flee. I think specifically related to Timothy, Paul was also talking about uh, what we do end up pursuing a lot of the time, which is the the love of money and mm-hmm. possessions and things that we think we really need or will really comfort us or desires that are more earthly as opposed to more, more kingdom-minded. Mm-hmm. And we can get really wrapped around the axle chasing after those if we're not careful. Right. And it robs us of our of our health. Yeah. So we talked about self-awareness and that 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 idea of self-evaluation. Uh, I, Henry Cloud is one of my favorite authors, you guys know, and then he talks about uh, the wake uh, of a boat. You know, mm-hmm. if you've ever been in a boat and you look behind and there's there's a wake and there's kind of two different distinct sides to the wake. And uh, one side, he, he says, if you look behind your life, what do you see in two critical areas, the things trailing us? One are the results of our life, how we've used, you know, what God's given us and blessed us with and our talents and abilities. And, and the other side is the relationships, the people we've come in contact mm-hmm. with. So this self-awareness, uh, when you think about that looking back, you know, so I've got results and relationships in my life. Uh, where do you think, what do you, are you proud of what you see behind you? I'm kind of putting you on the spot or, or which of those do you think you've maybe thought more about or spend more time on than, than the other? For me, being older, I think my wake looks more healthy now. I think when I was y'all's age, just getting started and just having just you, Taylor, when I was 25, my wake looked very harsh. It, I didn't really think about other people. I was just in what made Christina happy, how can I get what you know, she wants with, so I think the wake looks different now. Um, I'm pretty proud of what I see. I mean, most of the time, I know there are seasons where right now I've I've put too much on my plate with work, and so my wake looks really not good as far as managing my time with my family. But 
for overall, I would say the older I get. And so if I could tell the young, my young self to continue with those boundaries. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think it, it kind of, what you were just saying kind of made me thought about a question we talked about yesterday was if, um, who are the five people you spend the most time with mm-hmm. and kind of what would they say about you? And, um, yeah, kind of reflecting on what my wake would look like. I think, honestly, from very early on, um, you both, mom and dad, did a great job of explaining to me, um, honestly, helping me realize, because I'm not the most social person, and it's not easy for me to walk into a room and just have conversations with um 20 people or have Mm -hmm. 30 friends or whatever. Um, You guys really brought it out of me that it's okay for me to be who I am and have five really close friends or or whatever that looks like and go deep with those people. Um, And so I think from early on, that's something that I've always tried to to be secure in and go deep with people. Um, But on the flip side of that, I think sometimes my weight can get a little rocky because I do care so much about Mm-hmm. what people's opinions are or what they say that it can hinder me from being fully who I am. Um, yeah. And, you know. But I think just saying that is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the truth from the Word of God can come in and and speak to that. So I think that's, once again, you're so leaps and bounds ahead of where I was with my 25-year-old self. So mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. Yeah, so if you're listening now, you might want to think about that. What does my wake look like at this stage of my yeah. life, wherever you are? What's it look like to be, what do the relationships look like behind me, and what are the results of, of my um, my time on earth look like so far? You both, Taylor and Austin, have mentioned this thought of, you know, what other people think uh, about you, you know, and this desire to, to please people to some extent or not say no to people so that it hurts their feelings. That kind of leads us into the second area in this overall topic of, taking care, you know, of being healthy and, and living fully. And that is self-talk because a lot of times it's, we're hearing other people's voices in mm-hmm. our head, you know, telling us about, you know, how it, rejecting us or you're not doing it good enough or you're not trying hard enough or why are you not, why are you not sacrificing for me? And uh, those are the voices of our self-talk. They're, they're in our head, so they're, but, but there are other people that we've heard in our past or even that we imagine are speaking to us. So, what about this area of self-talk? What what struck you there? What observations do you have around that? I think some of the observations are just the importance of it. I mean, how you see yourself is, I think you said uh, that the voice you hear most often throughout the day is your voice. So um, the, the things that you're saying to yourself are the things that you're going to believe about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so for me to reflect on that is, is important. And I know that about myself, if I'm not succeeding or uh, in my own idea of success or being purposeful in life, then my self-talk can be pretty negative. Like, I'm not doing enough. I could be doing more. God has more for me, you know, um, rather than being having grace for myself and being satisfied uh, with where I'm at. And so I know that there, there's different seasons for me. If I, if I am happy with where I'm at, then my self-talk could be great, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. We grew up, sports was really important in our family. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up as a golfer, so you get a lot of self-talk time when you play golf. One, because <laughs> nobody's watching you. And uh, two, you don't have a coach right there. The rest of you guys played, you know, team sports with a lot of spectators and a coach right there. And Austin, you're, you're very successful in soccer and mm-hmm. Christina and Taylor, both in basketball. And uh, so you're hearing all those voices in the crowd and the coaches and all of that. 
Um, so coaching yourself is just critical. That's what self-talk is, is. How am I coaching myself? I remember I used to, when you were playing, Taylor, I would I would talk to you about free throws because uh, you'd get nervous up there on the free throw line. Do you remember some of that? Oh, for sure. Well, just free throws in general <laughs> were a really big, a hot topic in, in the, the Stover household. And mm-hmm. my grandpa was all about free throws. It was, it was a big deal. It's where games are won or lost. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but it's so true. I was... A perfectionist, I still kind of am. And so it was like, it's literally a free shot. I'm supposed to make every single one that I get. Like, it's nobody's guarding me. And so from the get-go, they were something that were important to me to be good at. And um, But there were so many times out in the driveway, you know, dad was working with me, trying to help me, and I would get so nervous and mm-hmm. so, so worked up. And he would just say... Um, okay, let's pick one thing to focus on because, you know, you have your one routine that you do. So say one thing in your head and it was over the front of the rim. That's what we decided to say. That's what I would say in my head over and over and over again Um, because if I was focusing on one positive thing, it negated all the negative things that were coming to my mind because it can be really hard to try and, you know, take every single one captive all the time, all the time. But if you're you know, focusing on one positive thing, it really um, can help you kind of set your mind on what's right and help you be more successful. That's good. Yeah, and yeah. if that positive thing is something from the Word of God, mm-hmm. it's, it's all the more powerful. That What is the verse about that, taking thoughts captive? Uh, we were looking at 2 Corinthians 10, um, and it's like a couple verses, but it basically just talks about um, that we're walking in the flesh, but... Um, and... Um, we're um, not at war according to the flesh, but we're fighting destructive powers. Um, and because of that, we have to work on taking thoughts captive. That's um, good. That's yeah. so, so good. good. Chris, I know you've done a good job with that around when you feel you know disconnected or right. kind of alone. You've got things that God's told you over the years or you read in right. the Scripture that you use for yourself. Yeah, talk, I right? mean, when I do feel disconnected from you or from some close friends, it's this verse of, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. I've loved you with an everlasting love. And those have to be louder than the mm-hmm. than the negative. But sometimes, and it goes into self-care, how well am I taking care of myself? And if I've empty and exhausted, those negative voices are louder, so much louder. And we have to take those thoughts captive. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So self-awareness, self-talk, and then that's good, Chris. You just transitioned us into this third area of being as healthy as you can be, and that's that's self-care, this yes. realization that you've got to got to be full so that you can give away what you have. And, and when we're empty and exhausted, like you just said, negative thoughts can mm-hmm. come in. I mean, we don't we react more than we respond. We yes. do hurtful things to the people around us. Because let's just face it. I mean, you know, we a, a wounded anything. The sweetest little rabbit in the world, when wounded, you know, can be mean and lash out to try to protect itself. And we all end up kind of in that place. So, yeah, what are some thoughts around around self care? Well, self care. I mean, I grew up in a church where this was selfish. Like you don't. There was this term self care wasn't even there. It was you you serve to detriment. So when this concept, when the Lord gave you this concept to just kind of start talking through it, it was really hard for me to grasp because I felt so selfish. Why am I going to be take care of myself? And I did, couldn't understand it until I really started reading about how Jesus modeled it for us. And I mean, the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and and 
The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, he just assumed we would. And so loving ourselves is uh, the first thing to fully be able to understand how to give love away. That's good. Yeah, um, Proverbs four twenty three says, "Watch over your heart with all diligence, for for from it flows the spring of life." And um, basically, just being so on guard for your heart, and that goes into your soul and your mind, um, because it's no yes, it it is affecting me, Taylor. It is between me and the Lord, but it also, I mean, then it's going to pour out into my marriage. It's going yeah. to pour out into Austin and I's connection and our intimacy. Um, if I'm neglecting myself. Yeah. Um, it's therefore then going to cause our marriage to be neglected too. And um, I think now having a baby, that's also something we're having to navigate is boundaries mm-hmm. and like not letting us ourselves get to the point where we're boiling over, you know, and want to just burst, um, yeah. but really recognizing, okay, I'm not okay right now. Like we say it all the time, like tag me in, like yeah. feel free to tag me in. And um so good. And just allowing each other space to go do things um, on our own that are are going to be life giving and, and fill us up too. So, because sometimes some things we do. I remember my sweet daddy. He loved to play golf, but he was terrible at it. It was not self care for him, although he thought it was. Uh-huh. I mean, in the end, he had two or three broken clubs or what have you. So sometimes self care is <laughs> figuring out better ways to, mm-hmm. you know, have life into you and take getting rid of things as well, toxic relationships and um, either things that don't bring life to you. That's so good. Austin, you take great care of yourself uh, physically. I'm glad we have somebody in our family that can run a really long way in case we get (laughs) stranded somewhere. Now, we've got a lot of uh, short burst uh, people of strength in our family, but we got got somebody that's an amazing physical shape, but what's it look like for you? Because there's kind of three areas, and I've watched you over the time that I've known you, kind of with your spiritual development and your desire to, to stay full spiritually with the Lord. But when you think about those four areas, you know, you're talking about emotionally and spiritually, mentally and physically. I'm bragging on you physically and a little spiritually, but like wh- which area do you think is the hardest for you to kind of maintain? Yeah, for me, emotionally has been, throughout my life, the hardest for me to maintain a healthy uh, score and you 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 had a score mm-hmm. put to it. Yeah. Uh, just because I didn't grow up really talking about emotions, learning about how to process my emotions, and and uh, really the emotions are good. You know, they're good indicators, but not good dictators of of how we live our lives. So, um, I think emotionally has has been the hardest, and then spiritually at times too. I mean, I, I do want to continue to strive and um, and foster a healthy relationship with the Lord, but when any of these four areas are unhealthy, then you know we can become drained pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about self care and self awareness, like it's important for me to know, okay, right now I'm not feeling, I'm not emotionally healthy. What can I do to to be more emotionally healthier? You know, my self talk isn't good. I'm not good mentally. How can I increase that score? Mm-hmm. Um, and being remaining um, healthy in all four areas is important to me. And I'm not always good at it, but um, I want to continue to grow yeah. in that. Such That's a key. Good. That's so great. All four of those areas are just just critical, and we got to stay on top of it. We want to 
uh, make sure we don't get to that place of emptiness and exhaustion, but we have a few little things out there that we can do to fill in each of those areas. I know that uh, my dad, the old cowboy, used to always tell me we'd have we had diesel pickup trucks. He's like, do not run this out of fuel. Do not run it out of fuel. And, uh, you know, I kind of tend to push the limit on, on yes, yeah, before I get to mm-hmm. a gas station. And so sure enough, I ran it out of fuel. I thought, oh, it'll be fine because we'll just put gas in it and it'll start back up. Well, it turns out that's not the case with the diesel engine. Once you run it to empty, yeah. you've now got to do things inside. You got to lift the hood and do things inside the engine to to get it to start back up even after you put the fuel back in. It's like that with our bodies and yes. ourselves too. Don't run yourself to empty because the enemy can just hold you down there mm-hmm. so easily. So make sure that before you get there, you're doing the little things to recharge. And man, if this topic has struck a nerve with you at all, there's a, there's a great resource called Five Days to a New Self. You can find that um, on the website, five days to a new marriage.com, and or you can just Google it, five days to a new self. A great resource to take good care of yourself, self awareness, self talk, and self care so that you can show up uh, and, and enjoy the next topic we're going to talk about, which is loving your spouse well.